to and just like what? Where somebody who dressed up once as a can of Coca-Cola and somebody who once dressed up as a hot dog discuss the existential ennui and ongoing outsider art project that is the Sex and the City reboot and just like that. I'm Nadia Osman. And I'm Matthew Brian Cohen. And look at us, Nadia. What a pair. A hot dog (laughs) and a Coke. (laughs) I specifically actually went one year as the Tim Robinson hot dog character. Ah, Before it kind of blew up as a meme. So I brought a stack of clothes that I had stolen as if in the sketch and just kind of went around the party being like, we're all trying to find the guy who did this. And we would go, oh, it's him. Um, but even if you didn't know that, you would know it's a hot dog. So, yeah. But isn't that funny how it's like you did it? If you did that like now, that would be the most tiring Halloween costume. It'd be like it, I was yeah. ahead of my time. <laughs> 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 I think it was like the first year season it had come out, and now it feels like I am in such awe of that man's genius. I love the show, and also like many things, I love. I hit a point where I go, okay, we can, there are so many things to pull from everyone. So many. Yeah. It's the thing that anything that becomes a meme is no longer funny, right? Even (laughs) like the best thing, I think, uh, if it is just played out to death, like you remember uh, specifically like Borat, right? When Borat came out, like I saw that in a packed theater, everybody loved it. It was hysterical. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Uh, Mm -hmm. One of the the funniest uh, movies I saw or funniest movie-going experiences I had because everybody's, like, cracking up. And it's, like, my wife now, like, if you're, like, well, I mean, now it's wrapped around where it's, like, funny again to be, Mm -hmm. like, a little, like, my wife. But, like, there was a period where it's, like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Like, I, like, never want to hear that again, you know? Because it's just, it's, like, annoying. Yes, Like, Austin Powers, I remember the same thing, uh, you know, first Austin Powers movie. Yeah, incredible. But then it's like everybody just started saying, like, do I make you horny, baby? And it's like, ugh, stop. I think uh, I think I escaped some uh, Anchorman stuff like that as well. However, I feel like that also falls in line with that, which is just to say that when people find something collectively funny, they wish to use it as a shorthand with each other. They wish to use of it course, as reference yeah. material. Um, we are humans but- and we yearn to connect with each yes. other. Yes, they do. Um, which is, you know, exactly <laughs> what the show is trying to point out. Um, which I would say, argue that this latest episode shows some attempts at that connection in different ways. Mm-hmm. And I think some are a little bit more successful than others. Yes. This was a very interesting episode to me because it, it felt very much, I think I would say like an ongoing um, stylistic choice in this season of and just like that is leaving things very unresolved Mm. and there was a complete lack of resolution in so many things uh in this episode like i felt like every storyline had no resolution yeah and really left me thinking like what was the point of that what am i supposed to feel what does the show want me to feel and I, I, I'm kind of left thinking that I am supposed to feel almost nihilistically like there is no point. That these characters will just continue to circle the drain and like no one will ever grow or change or try it, to better themselves in any way. 
Yeah, it almost reminds me a bit of this. Uh, some might argue is giving it too much credit, but go with me on this. In some ways, it reminds me of Mad Men in that mm-hmm. our main character, Don Draper, goes through these ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows, and essentially comes back around the same person. So it's this weird thing where every time you think that this man is going to learn, that this man is going to change, this man is making healthier choices, goes right back to being himself. And it feels very much like part of the messaging of that show was that people are who they are. They just, you know, even when they change, they don't really change. And so I wonder how much of that is coming into play here, where it does feel like, yes, because there's some unresolved storylines or things that don't get wrapped up in a neat bow, I would argue, we're left feeling like, are these people going to change? Do they want to change? Or is it just going to take yeah. forever for them to change? Or are they just not and I think changing? It's that they don't even want it. They don't even want to change because it's like you said, Mad Men. Also, The Sopranos obviously was very much about like people who cannot change. But I think yes. in The Sopranos and also in Mad Men a little bit, there's uh, like an effort of people being like, I'm going to change. I'm going to be a different person. Like that was the old me. Like, wow, I'm no longer going to take like life for granted. And then, you know, they slip back into old habits. Whereas mm-hmm. on this show, I don't think ever, anyone even attempts to be like, wow, I'm not going to act like that anymore. Or it's like, you know what? Uh, I learned something from this. Like nobody even like tries to say that they've like learned something like in this episode. And we'll get to it. But like Seema, I feel like never had a moment of like, oh, OK, I learned something here. Yeah. She's just like ha- like her storyline. She just like had a, a sexual encounter with this guy. It didn't work, and she's like, "Okay, well, like there was no like, what, what, what do I like get from this? What did I learn about myself, or right. learn about other people, or learn about dating?" It was just like, "Nope, just uh, just slept with this guy with erectile dysfunction." And and given that that's it's a it. <laughs> dramedy, and there's a lot more dramatic moments than there are necessarily just strictly comedic moments, it does lend itself to the idea that like there should be maybe, or maybe not should. But there's an expectation, perhaps, that there will be ebbs and flows, bits of change. Mm -hmm. And so when all of your characters are kind of just doing things to do things, and it's, well, let's look at who this person is in this particular situation and how they would handle it, and oh, that is comedic fodder, it leaves me as a viewer and somebody observing this art project going, okay, but if everyone's doing that, all at the same time, I'm not sure if that leaves me as satisfied. It's almost like a ice cream sundae with too many toppings. Yes. Like I need, I need a little bit of like the whole point of the sundae is the ice cream, right? Yeah, so, that's the base. That's the, base. That's the yeah. star. Yeah. So yeah. if your star is like a, a lovely vanilla, and then you throw on. Whipped cream and a banana and nuts and a cherry and fudge and caramel and sprinkles and a different kind of spring. It's just too much. It's more topping than ice cream at this point. This is like I'm just skip. I'm just going to the toppings bar and I'm just loading up a bowl full of you know like nuts. Uh, <laughs> I'm going M&Ms, ham at you know the hometown I mean? buffet. Just yeah. Or like go- you go to like yogurt land or you know like any of those places and it's yes. just like you put like. No yogurt, frozen yogurt in the thing. And it's just like <laughs> toppings bars, like gummy bears, gummy worms, M&M's. Yeah, it's just peanuts. a candy pile. Just like, yeah, you just want, yeah, you just wanted a candy pile, which nothing wrong with a candy pile. No, no, no. Like, but for me personally, <laughs> here's the from, thing. Yeah. If I eat a pile of candy, 
at first it's pretty fun. And then at some mm-hmm. point I go, oh, that's too much candy. Yeah, I, I feel mean, sick. <laughs> yeah. It's the after Halloween syndrome, which speaking of Halloween, mm. we have a basically a Halloween episode. This is this is our Halloween episode, which I would say I was like a little disappointed that Halloween did not play into this at all. You know? Yeah. It, um, it, into the, the larger thematic uh statement i think of this episode because i think this is a good time to be like either we could use the idea of like putting on a costume as like a a theme or like the masks that we wear or Mm -hmm. something but it felt like it just existed during halloween a little bit yeah even something as simple as dating is scary or Mm, the ghosts that exists in our past etc and it kind of felt as if there was a mishmash of things happening. Yes, so. much like life, there is no larger thematic point, right? <laughs> Events just happen, we do not reflect on them, and we move forward. <laughs> <laughs> and again, if that is what this season is trying to tell us, in a way, I'm like, wow, it is so deep. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So shall we uh, Shall we get at this, Let's Nadia? get at it. Episode five, entitled Trick or Treat, um, we open on Miranda and Shay are in bed together. And I wrote down, Nadia, that Miranda's alarm is insane on her <laughs> phone. It's like, ah, 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 ah. It's, just like it's like a foghorn, just like yeah. blasting. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's not loud. the like the gentle default. I thought it was such an interesting choice because, uh, you know, it wasn't the default. No. Alarm that you would have on an iPhone. You know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't like she said something like a little like, do, 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 you know, just something that would get your attention, but it's like pleasant to hear. This yeah. was just a blast. Ding, <laughs> a sonic ding. blast. It was odd. It was odd. Awful. And it was, uh, she wakes up so early because she has to go back to Brooklyn from presumably Manhattan, somewhere in Manhattan. I think Manhattan. They never specifically said, I'm going to say like maybe. I don't know, like West Village. This place looked like a little too big for like the West Village. But I don't know yeah. where she's going because it, it felt like it wasn't convenient also for her classes, which so it's not like it's near Columbia. Right. Right. Uh-huh. So it's yeah. not like I believe is Columbia. God, where is Columbia? Near Harlem. Or upper West. So, near Harlem. Yes. Like way, way past in the hundreds. Yeah. 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 So. I don't know where this could be, but she's got to go to Brooklyn and then to Columbia, which is still, that's a schlep. But yeah, yeah, she's waking up at 5 a.m. And Che, you know, they went to bed at 4 a.m., only got one hour of sleep. Um, Which I will say this in this scene, Che was remarkably alert for someone with one hour of sleep. I would be so annoyed and upset (laughs) if I was woken up. An hour after crashing at 4 a.m. If I was woken up at 5 a.m. At that point, I mean, I kind of do this some, I used to do this when I was younger. I would do airport sleep, which is Mm -hmm. if you're, if you need to be at the airport at say 6 a.m. And you need to, uh, and you're already up at like 1 a.m. It's like, screw it. It's going to take you an hour to drive or like two hours to go from bus to place. Stay up, keep yourself awake, and then just crash later. And so you would yeah. think that at that point at 4 a.m. they would just stay up. But, you know, teach their own. I would, yes, go to the airport like early then. You know what I mean? Yes. Like if I'm up yes. at 1 a.m. or 2 a.m., it's just like, well, let's just go to the airport. I'll get there. I can yeah. just do a little bad sleep, you know, at the gate and right. then just 
sleep on the plane or whatever. What I find um, interesting is she's going back to Brooklyn and then to Columbia because she's going to make breakfast for Brady. Um, yes, which, she's trying to maintain uh, the illusion of a, a family life, even though everybody yes. knows that it's it's cracking. But I, I think this is her attempts also to be like, I'm still your mom, right? Like, I still right. love you. I didn't. She feels guilty, I think, that she broke up this family. Yes. And she's and trying I, to be like, it's fine. It's just like it used to be. I'm still making pancakes. Yeah. And Brady kind of calls her out on that and is like, yes, what are you doing? This isn't necessary. Come on. Um, not just in yeah. the like, mom, come on, you don't need to make me pancakes way, but in the mom, you're in denial about what's yeah. happening and, here kind of. Funny. And also, I think that's such a great, uh, detail to make pancakes. Cause it's like, God, uh, like, especially on like a random, like Thursday or Wednesday, <laughs> it's like, I don't want, <laughs> I don't want pancakes. It's pancakes like, no, are you know a weekend I mean? food. Yes, exactly. Um, so then we get to Charlotte, who's having a Halloween fundraiser for, and I just wrote dot, dot, dot question yes. marks i the assume school, the school yeah. i think it's related to the school but we don't uh everyone is very but then it's less like i sort of get why she may, would invite her friends but it feels like uh like things like anthony is here and it's like why is anthony at this school fundraiser you know like i get he is like charlotte's best friend but it, it right. just feels like nah i'll do something else tonight yeah like yeah. Because I, I couldn't tell if this was on Halloween or if it just is like near Halloween. I also but it couldn't feels like, tell that. But it's like, if I'm Anthony, it's like, I got a better party to go to, right? Like, that's more like, yeah. Like, because he says later, it's like, there's no gay people here. It's like, yeah, why don't you go hang out with like a bunch of gay men at like a, I don't know, somewhere in Chelsea? I don't know. Do something. <laughs> <laughs> like, why are you at a fundraiser with a bunch of like just married older people? It's like, this doesn't feel fun for you. Yeah, it's and I thought something was going to come back round with it, and I'll touch on it very briefly just because it doesn't really nothing comes of it, which is Anthony is in this uh devil outfit. He calls out a somebody else that we've never met who's dressed up as sort of a sexy Roman soldier. A centurion, Spartan. yes. Yes, a centurion. And basically alludes to like, we fucked in the gym once, remember? Yeah. And that guy says, I'm married. And walks away with their wife. Yes. So he, so he, the guy denies it like yes. two times, right? He's yeah. like, you're mistaking me. And he's like, I am 100% not mistaking you. Like, I, I, like, I think he says something like, I'd recognize those thighs anywhere, mm-hmm. which like thighs, it just, it just feels like of all body parts, especially because you could see these man, this man's abs. It feels like you'd be like, you know, that torso. Mm-hmm. But it was just like, he says thighs, I believe, which was, I was like, all right. But, uh, he's like, it's not me. And he's like, it's definitely you. It's not me. And then he goes, that's my wife. And then they walk up the stairs and Anthony's like, ooh. And I could not tell Nadia if they did have sex and he just outed the man as a, a cheat in front of his wife mm-hmm. or if he, he legitimately got the wrong guy and it just was like a little awkward and weird. I couldn't tell either, and I'm not sure that we're supposed to know just yet. I wonder if this will come back into play later, but if it doesn't, it wouldn't surprise me one iota. No, wouldn't surprise me at all, because it's just like, what does this mean? It's just a slightly embarrassing moment, Mm -hmm. but it it doesn't, because I thought I was like, oh, because initially I was like, oh, the guy was married, 
Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, that's like a big deal. And now maybe this is going to cause, you know, something at the school. Like, it's like, oh, this guy was like a big, I don't know, a big donor or like the principal or somebody where it's like, yeah. oh, and now because of that. Right. There are consequences you know, to that yeah, action. But and rather, no, it's it was just an odd moment. Yeah, just a just an odd thing. Um, we also have jokes of uh, Kiri arrives and everyone's like, Kiri, you're not in a costume. And she's like, no, I absolutely am. I'm dressed as the... She's dressed she? as Helen Gurley Brown, who's yes, the Helen uh, Brown. first wave feminism uh, uh, individual behind the creation of Cosmopolitan magazine, mm-hmm. which I, I thought, thought is so f- interesting. Yes, I thought this was a funny joke because they're like, I couldn't tell this is like something you normally wear. And she was like, no, it's not. And it was, but it's just enough where yeah. it like it border like her outfit borders on plausible as part of her regular uh, attire. So I thought yeah. this was uh, a, a genuinely funny moment. Yeah, she's not somebody that I could ever see actually dressed up as say a hot dog unless like mm-hmm. she absolutely had to for some reason and would be completely embarrassed by it and make such a big deal about it. Yeah, but unless rather- Vivian Westwood comes out with like a hot dog. <laughs> Yeah, and then yeah, yeah, and then she'll dress as a hot dog and be like, "What is Vivian Westwood?" And everybody mm-hmm. will be like, "Oh, well, in that case, um, yeah. which now I'm mentally creating a hot dog inspired Vivian Westwood outfit in my head. Um, I'm not going to go into details. I'm just going to say it's a combination between very fierce and incredibly ugly. So uh, Miranda's not in costume. And, uh, well, the costume that she claims to say is she is the, quote, comic disaster that is my life. And all I could think is Mm -hmm. just like, girl, we make our own choices. Like, (laughs) it it feels so, you know, it feels like an acknowledgement of, hey, I done done goofed a little or things are weird right now. And yet it is also such a denial of like you did this take accountability yeah it's very funny to call this a comic your life a comic disaster when it's like you're a woman in her 60s who had an affair <laughs> with like in her a, 60s a non-binary or 50s s- i don't know but like <laughs> you, you're in your 60s or 50s you had an affair with a non-binary stand-up comic uh, and completely ruined like your like your kid's life and your husband's life. It's like this is a comic disaster. Is like I did this in my twenties. It's like you're too old for this shit. Right. Uh, right. Which is very funny. Uh, and then Charlotte and Harry are the Jennings from the uh, FX wonderful show, The Americans. If you have not yes. seen it, highly recommend. And there's a, a running joke in this uh, episode that nobody knows The Americans. Yes. Uh, which, which <laughs> is like a very funny. Tr- I can see this getting pitched in the writers' room, like as yeah. everybody really laughing. But this is if I can put my writers' cap on, the kind of thing that we'd all laugh about in the room and be like, it doesn't need to go on the episode, you know? I kind of like it. Well, it does pay off later, which I appreciate. But mm-hmm. I, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. For me, it became. It made me think. Have you ever been them? Have you ever been in a moment where? whether Halloween or whether some other occasion, and you were like, I'm blank, and nobody got it. Nobody got what you were going for. Like, no, no, I no, I feel no. it's like so many of my references and things like that. I feel like, <laughs> uh, not to get too personal, but I think I am the kind of person who, if I like a hobby, I'm into like the the niche version of the thing. Not mm-hmm. even like, even if it's a niche hobby, the like the niche of the niche. So it's like, oh, I can't even connect to you. Like most people on it, it's like, eh, 
you're sort of not into the version of it where it's like, I like, I like pro wrestling and it's like, Oh, someone else is like, Oh yeah. Did you watch SmackDown? It's like, no, I don't watch like WWE. Like I'm more into like Japanese wrestling. <laughs> so it's like, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm a little different. It's like, I, I got to go with like a different kind of person. What do you uh, think of AEW right now? Oh, I, I mean, I, I love it. It's fun. It's great. I love that. It's uh, bringing what I like about wrestling and making it accessible and mainstream. So, you know, yeah, hats off. Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, for the fans out there who might know what I'm saying, the the two people, um, this would be as if you showed up to a Halloween party dressed as Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, which might be problematic on a few levels because he is uh, a Japanese man. But I mean, in his cost, his wrestling outfit, not like, sure, you know. And look, he, I mean, classic Shinsuke rips off Michael Jackson uh, yes. very much. and Freddie uh, Mercury. In, like that's yes, his, so, uh, his idea, baby. Um, yes. Versus so, dressing as a Hulk Hogan whom everyone mm-hmm. might recognize. Yes. Uh, that would be very funny, though, if you dressed as Shinsuke Nakamura and someone's like, oh, you're Michael Jackson. I was like, no, I'm Shinsuke Nakamura. <laughs> It's like, oh, I not the more recognizable. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, in the exactly. like a red leather red leather pants and kind of like the hat. It's like, no, no, no. I no. wonder, um, just to, to go off tangent slightly, how much of this kind of thinking is going to become an issue? The older, not we get, but just generally, society moves on because so many celebrities or so many people that somebody may wish to dress up as. It may be niche things like a this specific television show that only mm-hmm. so many people watch, but it also might be I'm YouTuber so and so, or I'm this TikTok star. And unless you yes, have a as very... culture fractures yeah. like that, right? Mm-hmm. Then there's less of a monoculture, and everyone is sort of siloed into their niche interests. Uh, yeah, there is there are less recognizable figures in the mainstream, right? Like so, it's like you could be like, oh, what are you dressed up as? It's like, oh, I'm uh... <laughs> I'm one of the tri men. I'm a tri guy. You know, and yeah. it's like I'm a try guy. And it's like I don't know who this is. It's like, oh, but then you get to be like, oh, but they have millions of views on YouTube. It's like, I guess they're popular, but I couldn't right. tell you. Right. I couldn't <laughs> like, pick them right. out of a police lineup, but if you told me that's what it was, I'd go, Oh yeah, cool. Because I have yeah, no yeah, other yeah. recourse. Um Yeah. Or it's like, oh, I'm uh I'm I'm dressed as the guy from uh you. And it's like, what? <laughs> it's just like, you know, the Netflix show you? And it's like, all right, it's like it's popular. It's like, okay. Yeah, it's tough when you're doing a costume that involves regular clothes. Unlike mm-hmm. Lisa, who's done up as a Bride of Frankenstein, and Naya, who is there as um cat Catwoman. slash Catwoman slash Eartha Kitt specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Seema is not in costume, but she is getting bombarded with racism, and I feel for her in that moment yes, where she says everyone to- is confusing her yeah. with Padma Lakshmi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Top chef, like, former I don't, Top Chef host. Don't want that. Um, so in this moment, we see some single ladies. We see Naya, Seema, and Carrie all hanging out. And Seema basically tells Naya, this is a fundraiser for married people. I'm going to show you where the single men with money are. Um, not at a school fundraiser. Uh, which, which, of just, course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Number one, right? truth. Number two, all I could think in my head is like, you're telling me that this no one in this group of people saw Big Little Lies? <laughs> like, that's all I could think of when I was watching them yeah. parading around in costumes for funders. And it, like, you're telling me none of these people watch Big Little Lies and would like if, understand this world at all or have like a reference yeah. point. And if you were looking to meet single guys, obviously, who in their right mind would be like, I'll go to a school fundraiser. 
You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, no, that's going to be mostly parents. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe mm-hmm. there will be some single parents, but probably not. And also not people are not in the mood to hook up there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At a school fundraiser? Like, no, of course not. Like, go to a cool party. Go to a bar. Yeah, it's like, yeah, duh. So it's like, especially Naya, it's like, you have no connection to this school. <laughs> like, I get whatever. It's like, yeah, get out of the house. Why don't you come to this party where and your friends are going there? But it's like, of course you're not going to meet any guys here. Right. We do. It is revealed either. No, I think it is revealed slightly later when they do end up at a, presumably a hotel bar. Um, yes. uh, some swanky establishment that Naya's basically only had two boyfriends. She's been pretty serially mm-hmm. monogamized and thus really does not know where to go or how to do it. So once that information was revealed, I was like, oh, well, no wonder. I mean, common sense to me says this is not where you go. But like, if you're single and ready to mingle, you're just like, hey, a party, why not? And then once I realized, oh, she never really dated she didn't go through the dating process of your 20s and even your 30s. She just sort of skipped to the front of the line and went, this is it, and we're done. Yes. So I wish that was being explored a little more, or I, I look yeah, forward to it being explored more. Yes. Um, before we move on from this, I do want to mention, um, uh, I thought of you, Nadia, watching mm-hmm. the, watching this, uh, that um, uh, the George Washington, the character... Mm-hmm. Uh, had a George Washington costume at he this did. party. He did. What a what a lovely little nod. Uh, yeah. Kudos to you, writers. Room Obviously for being, intentional. Like, yes. Yes. Um, and he wears that outfit to uh, have uh, I- intimacy with his wife. And I just mm-hmm. wrote, nice, nice. Nice. Um, and, Very cool. And thought, how weird is that for the actor who then had to wear, you know, you're you're in a Broadway show. And I I don't know how long his run on Hamilton actually was, but I'm going to say, let's say, two to three years because the show is so mm-hmm. popular. Um, at least a year to 18 months, eight shows a week. So then to get into basically the same co- outfit is You know they made jokes about this on set yes, where he's yes. like, oh, yeah, I know how this costume works. Or, or <laughs> you know, like to wardrobe. It's like, it's like, I'm sure you're familiar with how it buckles. And he's like, huh, yeah, <laughs> I can do this in my sleep. Yeah. Um, and before we get to that hotel bar, um, Charlotte and Charlotte Harry, and Harry are at home watching the Americans, which bless them. Um, and a rock comes to them and says, I basically got scouted, uh, in the park to be a model. And yes. we're not entirely sure. Harry's like, this might be a scam. And Charlotte's like, no, no, this is an embossed business card from Ralph Lauren. This is legit. Uh, we should do this. Yes. Now, Nadia, it struck me as strange here. Um, that Rock was interested in being a model. This is yeah. not like fit the sort of behaviors that we know of Rock. You know what I mean? It's like, it yeah. felt like it was set up as like, I was skateboarding in the park and then I was like scouted to be a model. And it's like, you really want to do this? Like, this is like what you like to do. This feels like different than everything we know to be true about Rock. Part of me, to give benefit of the doubt, goes, if Rock is exploring their identity and trying to figure out who they are in this world, I can totally see just, like, the flattery of being approached Mm -hmm. and going, hey, you should model, like, how cool is that? Especially for what would be a legitimate thing with money attached that would either Mm -hmm. go towards paying for your education or, 
you know, rockets. Oh, it goes towards planting trees in Israel, as we. (laughs) That's uh, right. That's right. As we say later. It's for a good cause. So it's um, not even like a thing where it's like, I need a new board and this would like pay for it. You know what I mean? A thing right. like that. And I'd be like, okay. Right. Um, but yeah, I think if, 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 we, if I, and I like what you're saying about like, uh, oh, this is rock, maybe like exploring their identity or things like that. I think it need a little bit of like, you're into modeling. Like, mm-hmm. where, like why do you want to model anyway? It's like, it's like, cause it's cool. You know, it needed like a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, especially if it's just like, you know, I grew up in Manhattan. I see models all the time Mm -hmm. and they look dope or, you know, just I follow these people on Instagram or something to kind of help solidify it. Because instead, what we have really being the focus is that Charlotte approves of this campaign and Harry is worried that it's either a scam, a a Liam Neeson taken situation, or will land rock in rehab. Um, And rightfully so, honestly, I, I approve of Harry's paternal instincts to go now hold on just a second uh do you guys have any idea what the modeling industry is like uh and we should take a beat to really think this through um yes uh and then we go to the hotel bar yeah and a gentleman uh hits on sema and immediately i first saw this guy a little bit i was like this guy should have been ray liotta rest in peace i (laughs) wish it was ray liotta yes uh it wasn't ray liotta but guy did a great job um, regardless, but just from a, a brief glimpse, I was like, "Ooh, Ray Liotta would have been great here." Mm-hmm. Um, basically, uh, he's hidden on uh, Sema. Some other guy hits on Naya, and then we see Sema. Carrie does the wordle. Uh, right. Then Sema is up in the uh, the hotel room with this guy, and he tells her that he suffers from ED, erectile dysfunction, and she's like. Okay, well, that shouldn't be a problem here. And she's a little weary. And then before they have sex, he takes out a penis pump and pumps up his penis. And it's like, this is only take a minute. And then she is very uh, confused and I guess uh, kind of taken out of the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it doesn't necessarily imply that everything went awry, which were this the original Sex and City series, I think. There would have been, you know, later that night, they were on a date when this happened and it would have been calling out like, should I try give this person another chance? I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. I got out of the moment, blah, blah, blah. And then you would, you know, see some uh, funny little happenstance with this man and his pump. Um, and in this case, we realize, oh, no, she went for it. It worked out. Uh, but Yeah, it was pretty good. And she says later, right, that it was like B plus sex. Right. And that's why... Like, great foreplay, B plus X. Yeah, let's give him another chance. So it's like, okay, well, what was the big issue here? You know what I mean? It just felt like a thing happened. It was slightly weird. Um, and but all right. So it's like, okay, well, what what is this then? <laughs> you know, it's like very thin. Yeah, it's thin tough soup. because it doesn't totally get called out. And also, it's this thing where I go, I can see both people's perspectives here. I can see him going, I don't want to ruin the mood. I don't want to, mm-hmm. but I need to do this. For health reasons, this is otherwise, you know, the whole night's ruined. And I can see from her perspective where she's going, we were in a groove. And then you brought out this noisy ass pump. To get yeah. your dick up. Like guys got to use it. What do you want? Yeah, you know? Exactly. I, mean, I, a, can, I, I can see both sides. I can yeah. see her going, okay, well, this now that this is going to take a second versus mm-hmm. 
maybe being more upfront at the top. But at the same time, I'm like, if I was upfront at the top, if I was him in that position, I could easily see somebody going like, mm, and then the night's ruined. I don't know. Yeah. So, when do you say, you know what tricky. I mean? Like, I feel like saying this uh, too early is like, okay, I don't need to know this yet. But, you know, we're in the the throes of passion. We're about to have sex. That feels like the time to say it, right? Right. Yeah. It's tricky. I don't much, know. Yeah. <laughs> much like uh, Miranda being in bed at 3.30 in the morning on presumably a school night and Che is <laughs> doing video games and weeds. Uh, yes, which just this felt, was so rude. It, I was infuriated. It felt accurate, it felt accurate for comedians. Yes. However, the part that I maybe take a little umbrage with is I go, I don't know any comedians in their 40s. Well, nope, that's not true. I take it back. I take <laughs> yeah, it back. No. But it, I, I think Che is expertly written as like it's just such a piece of shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, of course, it being just like this, this person in their mid 40s who's just like, it's just partying too much with no regard for their partner. You know yeah. what I mean? Just being incredibly like rude and having all their dumb friends over yeah. to just smoke weed and play video games. Or it's like, can you do this anywhere else? Or mm-hmm. tell your girlfriend like, hey, I'm, you know, I, I need to unwind from shooting this taping. It was really stressful. So I just want to have my like my week of partying or whatever. And just be like, don't come over tonight you know what i mean like because this is what i'm doing because it's just so it just feels like so so shitty yeah it is shitty and if it were me in that situation i would be going i'm leaving and again it just kind of feels like this denial that miranda has been living in ever since la ever since she got that uh serfed tattoo on her wrist uh Mm -hmm. that hasn't been brought up again so i have not like and I haven't paid too close attention to her wrist to see if they're like putting it in every time. But yeah. it did strike me as like just such such shitty behavior. Um, so shitty. So um, and then so, we go to yeah. Carrie, mm-hmm. right? Carrie's story for this episode is she is on the phone with Seema. Seema's talking about you know this guy and you know everything uh, about the the night. And right. then and penis uh, pump Carrie's makes her of- stop dead in her tracks. Yes, and then uh, Carrie is in the middle of a bike lane and falls off, uh, causes a, a, a bike rider to f- a crash into her and he falls off a bike mm-hmm. or stops short. Um, I don't understand why this guy didn't break because it felt like he had advanced notice that she was not moving. You know what I mean? He was just like, get out of the bike lane. Yeah. But I mean, this is true to bikers in New York. They don't like slow down or stop. They're just like, ah, this is my lane. It's like, okay, well, you should probably stop. <laughs> Because you'll go flying <laughs> off the bike. And that's exactly what happens. Yep. He flies off the bike. And yep. this scene was interesting to me because it was very obviously green screened and not shot on location. Mm-hmm. Did you notice that, Nadia? I did notice that. And I, I because the show is so used to, or certainly it's original, was known for shooting or in and around the city, mm-hmm. it did make me wonder like, oh, is there some permit issue? I don't know. I don't know why. It made me think initially I was like, oh, they they reshot this. Like, mm. and I was like, oh, was was the original scene not good? Or I was like, did they think they needed this scene? Mm-hmm. You know, after mm-hmm. editing the episodes, they went back and shot it. But it was just very curious to me that this was pretty uh obviously green screened. Yeah. And that they didn't go back and yeah, shoot it just on the street. So Carrie basically gets into an awkward, nervous state while this guy is figuring out what's wrong with him. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently saw an Olsen twin on 14th going to urgent care once. So she's like, I'm going to take you there. And yeah. um, because Carrie's an erotic mess, but also, you know, uh, she's not a bad person necessarily. She's going, let me take no. you. She, you know, she might be selfish. This was time, my she's fault. Like, yes. yes, this is my she's- fault. I will take responsibility. I don't want to get sued. I don't yes. want this person With- Googling me and figuring out True, how much I'm yeah. worth. But I also feel a lot of guilt. Let me help you out. Um, yeah, the right you- <laughs> thing to do. She's like, let's get you to an urgent care. And have so you ever go- had a weird either ER or urgent care doctor sighting or a very unexpected celebrity sighting because i've had unexpected celebrity sightings but i feel like all my doctor experiences have just been you know three sick people coughing a lot (laughs) i have had uh i've had unexpected celebrity sightings but i I tried to be cool about them Mm -hmm. my favorite was at this was at an old job i was working out in new york and i was going up the elevator uh to the office uh and the door opens i get in the elevator and uh, Bobby Flay is in the elevator. Oh, And wow. it's just me. It's just me and Bobby Flay. And we're going up. Uh, I forget the floor. But, you know, it's a significant elevator ride. You know what I mean? We're on the, like, 30th floor or something like that. And so I can tell Bobby Flay is looking at me. And he's just like, God, this guy's going to, like, fanboy out or say something <laughs> or recognize me. He just looks, like, annoyed that he's sharing mm-hmm. an elevator with me. And I was like so mad that he thought I would be like uncool because I was this was a, I was working at this is a television production company at a time. I was a low man on the totem pole. I was a production assistant. So uh, I was just like, no, man, I'm not going to treat you. like. And I like suspected also that he was probably going to like meet with my boss or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, uh, I bet that's what it is. And I was right. But uh, I was just like, oh. I'm not going to, like, say anything to you, man. Like, come on. That would be, like, so lame and uncool. And then I was just like, you know what? I'm going to pretend like I don't know who he is. So I just treated him like a normal person. Like, I just was, like, not making eye contact, not doing a, like, are you? Like, I was just like, nope, don't care. Like, staring ahead like a stranger. And I saw out of the corner of my eye, he was, like, a little bit then annoyed at that. (laughs) Like, (laughs) that... I was like, no selling it, that I wasn't like, ah, I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of like, I know who you are. And then we got out the elevator and it was like, I was correct. It was like same floor. And he like walked in the, the office mm-hmm. uh, and like, I like, he walked in first and like, I walked in behind. And I saw he like could tell I was like following him. And I just gave like a little bit of like, no, 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 I'm here too. You know what I mean? Of like, mm-hmm. no, man, I'm that. not just some stupid fan. And then, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was it. Love that. Uh, yeah, it's always weird when you... I'm trying to think of celebrity elevator specifically. Uh, my mm-hmm. favorite, I guess, celebrity elevator story is I uh, lived on the west side of Los Angeles very briefly, and I went into, I think it was a Whole Foods in Santa Monica to mm-hmm. you know buy one banana for $50 at the time or whatever it was, and <laughs> got back into the elevator, which is very short because just a couple levels, and uh, in walks Donald Sutherland. And I kind of, you know, in my head, I went, well, fuck, that's Donald Sutherland. That's cool. And I, too, was like, I'm not going to say anything. This man's grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Another couple came in right after us. I guess the doors are about to close. And they're the ones that went, it's you. And he was uh. like, mm, yeah. And they were like, we love you. And it was both genuine and sweet. And also you could just tell he was like, 
I'm just trying to buy over. Ex- uh, yeah, yeah. Just try to buy, wanna, you know, avocados that uh, cost $4 billion. Please leave yeah. me be. I can't. Uh, <laughs> I got to refinance my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to pay for, because I was just like, these avocados look good. And it's like, and maybe, maybe I want to get some tomatoes too. Maybe some onions. Maybe, maybe I'll make a know. guac. Maybe yeah. Make a little guac like, for. Great. People. Now I got to call the bank up. <laughs> <laughs> um so in terms of celebrity i don't know that he's a celebrity necessarily but carrie's at the urgent care and she's filling out the medical forms her mm-hmm. what she turns turns out is the man um who ran into her on his bike is george campbell he is a libra mm-hmm. he lives somewhere near her i couldn't tell from the geography. Yeah, I thought this was a funny moment, right? Because he was like, I'm on 245, like, West 79th. And she's like, I'm on 245, like, East 25th or something like that. And she's like, "Yeah, we're 245 twins. Yes, <laughs> that like, was oh, what it was. Okay. It was like yeah, it was this like, address right. that, the, yeah, like, sure. Yeah, um, the same building number, but, like, different parts of town. So it's like, okay. <laughs> and apparently he's never been married, but he does have a business partner who is his emergency contact who FaceTimes him with the quote unquote app deck. Because, yes, I wrote, uh, where are you guy. on the final version of this app deck? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> beep boop buzzwords, tech bros, Silicon Valley, beep boop apps. Um, yes. And at first I thought it was going to be that like, oh, it turns out that she has hit... Um. Somebody who would be like a superstar in the mm-hmm. tech world, and no, pu- maybe is, is maybe is, but it's just a a guy who sold a few apps apparently. Just a guy. Uh, I thought one of the uh, thing that was very funny to me is like everybody's like FaceTiming a lot in this episode, and it's just mm-hmm. like, why would you FaceTime here? You know, like this guy calling and being like, "Where are you with the the deck?" And it's yeah. just like, why is this a? Why do you need to see his face? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, just call. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, was just a uh, just a little odd to me, and then I think there was a moment um, where uh, oh no, this is a little later, but so it's like he quickly kind of gets uh, after the filling out the form, like called in right uh, to be seen, and then later carries uh, on the phone uh, with Seema, and she's like, oh, this urgent care is so slow, but it's like it was very quick. <laughs> he got seen like immediately. Yeah. Turns out he has a broken wrist. I've had a broken wrist before. Not fun at all. I feel bad for Tech Bro. Um, and so mm-hmm. does Carrie because she later goes to offer George Campbell three soups and her 92 yes. words per minute hands to help him oh. out with this app deck. Before before this, I just want to, there was a thing that was very interesting to me because Carrie's like um, on the phone with Seema right as he's being seen and she's like oh I just feel bad for him he's so desperate to sell an app at his age and I'm like is this weird to you or sad it's just like he just seems like a normal tech guy even if you heard that business call it was like yeah he's like selling some app or something it's like it. he didn't like I guess he was desperate to sell it but it's like it just felt like his job it didn't feel like yeah. a like oh poor guy like he won't make rent if he can't sell this app it just felt like no this is like they're doing some business thing, you know? Yeah, she is later like he- surprised he's so ballin' and has a nice pad. And it makes, it just reminds me of um, back in the old series, Carrie was definitely not anti tech. She wasn't a Luddite by any means, but 
She was not, not tech savvy. She was not tech savvy. So the idea you know, her that her MacBook uh, breaks and she's like, I don't know. And, and uh, I, right, wasn't there an episode where yes. it's like, you should back this up? She's like, backups? What are backups? And it's yes, like, exactly. Sweetie, you're a writer. You got to back up your stuff. Come yeah. on. Yeah, it exactly. So I'm not totally surprised that she would be like, oh, he must be, if he's on a bike and <laughs> he's uh, in this frantic call to get this thing done. And he see, and his credit card was being declined. There must be a money issue. So then, when she goes to his home and realizes there's no money issue, he's just a tech bro. I think it's a little bit of an eye opener for her. Um, yes, um, but it, it definitely like storyline wise, I was like, what are we supposed to feel here? Because I was like, I was like, why is she assuming he's broke? I guess mm-hmm. maybe the credit cards being declined is weird. But I was like, are we supposed to think he's like scamming her? Mm-hmm. And I was like, is this going to like sort of uh, kind of uh, overlap with the rock storyline that it's like, Mm -hmm. oh, this is a scam. And it's like a thing we're supposed to both for both these be like, is this real or is this a scam? But neither of them end up being scams, um, I guess. Spoiler. Um, But I just was like, not sure what to feel. And I was like, oh, yeah, he is just like exactly what he presented as, which is like, yeah, he's like a very wealthy app guy. Yeah. Which I think kind of blows her mind, and they start making out until his business partner kind of cock blocks them. Yes, and I go. I talk a little bit before they start making out, right? So Kiri goes over to the place, and she's kind of mocking his place, like, "What is this? An, a former airport hangar?" It's yeah. like, "Do you live in an art gallery?" And it's like, "This is a crazy nice apartment." And yeah. Like, and also, why are you being rude to the guy that you caused to break his wrist? You know what I mean? Like, don't be rude here. <laughs> like, I think you're she not friends. She's you flirting. can't be. Yeah, I I guess so because uh, I think she thinks this is flirting and like, oh, let me tease you a little bit about your living accommodations as opposed yeah, to which are just a compliment. wonderful, which is the top one percent of people in this country. Right, exactly. <laughs> let me let me tease you on this. <laughs> um, and she says like, yeah, I'll, I'll help you. And then I love I wrote down this line. He says, I assume you are proficient in Python, which yes, Python for those who don't know is a, a popular programming language. Um, it made me confused because I thought they were just making a deck for the app, but it's like, mm-hmm. are you writing the app now? Yeah, <laughs> like, are, in which do case. Do you still have to finish it? It's Because it doesn't feel like you're close to selling it if you don't have it done. And also, who is buying this app that you're writing now with no, like, user base built in? Like, what is the value here? You know what I mean? This yeah. isn't, like, 2005. Ah. Like, <laughs> like, come on. You would you have to have a thing before you sell it off, you know? You'd have to have a thing before like you could even get for... that meeting to have a deck. Yeah. The whole point of a deck you, is to have a presentation. You can't like just sell the tech behind it that you know what I mean? Like it's like if you were looking for investors for your thing, sure. But this is like selling an app like you would sell it to like Facebook or Meta mm-hmm. or whatever. But it's like, oh, you would need like a product that'd be like instead of like competing with us, we'll just buy buy it out. Yeah. So it's like just very weird for me, uh, all that stuff. And one of the things he says when she's like typing is he goes, oh, your tiny wrists. He says the f- tiny wrists. Did you notice uh-huh. that, Nadia? Yes, I did notice that, Matt. I was like, just okay. Was not, attra- not attractive. Uh, no, I'm not nice. a woman, but it would not turn me on to have a guy touch my wrist and go, tiny wrists. <laughs> also because it's not followed up with anything. It's not like tiny wrists, no. tiny hands, perfect for fisting or something like that. Like there's no follow up <laughs> to, to the question. It's just tiny wrists. You're tiny a wrists. tiny woman. 
I like a tiny woman. Like there's not yes. there's nothing. It's just nothing. And we're gonna make out. Um, yeah. And then the business partner comes by and is like, "Hey, what? You're supposed to be working on the app." Yeah. And he's just like, "Sorry, sorry." Yeah. Uh, um, so Nia apparently has uh, seen her third dick and is glowing from it. Mm-hmm. And maybe because of that, or maybe because she just feels bad for Miranda, and they're both, you know, going through the process of being separated from long-term partners, she offers this extra space in her apartment as a crash pad, as an in-between, like, you want to, you know, you live near me in Brooklyn, you can come to there, rather than going back to your house in order to give Steve space, and without having to go to Che. Yes. Again, with the show, a thing that does is, Problem, immediate solution. So it's like, problem, how is Miranda going to navigate her divorce and relationship with Che? Uh, In this particular instance, solution. She'll just stay with Naya, which is very convenient for her. Right. Which Miranda then brings up at a spicy curry dinner with Che. Um, (laughs) All right. I got to ask you. So because Miranda says she ordered very spicy food to wake up. Yes. And it's like so spicy that it's like painful to her. Yeah. Just get a coffee or a soda or caffeine. You know what I mean? Like ca- a caffeinated beverage is what you do to wake up. Like spice? Like I, I like I get the logic in that. Like it, I guess it would like kind of like kick you up a little bit. But that's not how people are like, I got to stay up. You know what I mean? They'd be like, she'd be pounding coffee or, or, or Diet Coke or something. Right? She's making pancakes for her 18-year-old son on a Thursday. <laughs> She's eating spicy curry to wake herself up. Maria, she is a comedic disaster, but she yeah. won't take responsibility for it. Um, my favorite part and of I this thought- dinner was Che explaining testing. And then I yes. realized this must be a mid-season replacement yeah. that they're aiming for because it's October, November. Yes. So, yeah, it doesn't bode r- well, I think, no. for Che Pasa. But I thought it was interesting. Never... Uh, in this conversation, it did come up that Che would just stop having these shitty parties. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or like, be like, hey, I'll... maybe don't do this. Yeah, or it's like, I'll just meet up with my friends at a bar. Yeah. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, like, never... Bars in New York are open till 4 a.m. unless laws have changed since I've been there, but uh, you can stay out for quite some time. And even yeah. if you don't want to do that, just find another space. Surely, mm-hmm. if you're this big of a comic, like, I don't know that Shay's working at the cellar, but like there's got to be some, you know, space where she can go hang out in a green room for a while, you know, just yeah, back. I think Che, this is a question for you, Nadia. Is Che bigger than Nick DiPaolo <laughs> in the universe of this show? I think yes. <laughs> I think, I don't know that Che is a household name. I think that comics mm-hmm. in this universe have very divided opinions about Che. Okay. Like very yeah. divided opinions. There's like a whole group of younger comics that think Che is hack, and I think there's a group of older comics that think Che is great, um, or or some right. kind of I, trailblazer. Nadia, know. let's figure out let's figure out Che's like le- precise level of fame here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out some comedians, and you're gonna tell me if Che is less famous or more famous than them. I love this. So let's go. So Nick DiPaolo, about as famous. As famous as Nick Okay, yeah. Colin Quinn. Ooh. More. More famous than Colin Quinn. Okay, so you, this also reveals that you think Nick DiPaolo is more famous than Colin Quinn. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. I think, okay. well, I think it's it's Colin Quinn 90s or Colin Quinn now. So I'm basing these people on right now. Okay, 
right now. Okay, great. Uh, Paula Poundstone. <laughs> I uh, Che is more famous than Paula Poundstone. I feel okay, like Paula and remember Poundstone. Paula Poundstone's like, wait, wait, don't tell me, right? So, yes. So there's like, yes. There's that. So, yeah, but but Paula's niche, and I feel like Che is for mm-hmm. the people. Okay, okay, so more famous than Paula Poundstone. Okay, um, uh, Judy Gold. Ooh, I think this show thinks she's more famous than Judy Gold. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think so too. Whether that's accurate or not is uh, okay. TBD, but... Okay. Um, th- this is uh, an obvious one, but I'm just trying to gauge. Kevin Hart. Jay is not more famous than Kevin Hart. Yes, I think less famous than Kevin Hart. Yes. Um, and then Dane Cook. Che uh, is not more famous than Dane Cook. Not more famous than Dane Cook. Okay. But yeah, I so- bet Che and Dane did some tours together or... Mm-hmm. They were on Torgasm? Yes. Or like had, they've crossed each other's paths in the Midwest, you know, mm-hmm. doing uh, Zanies or, or the Chuckle Hut or whatever the fuck. And so Che knows Dane and is like, I don't love that you have such a young girlfriend, but also who am I to judge? Like, I think <laughs> yeah. that's Che's attitude about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and yeah. this is how I live my life. So like, who am I to judge? Yes. Um, uh, so so Miranda goes used bed shopping with Carrie. Very which... weird. I wrote down a lot of question marks here in my notes. <laughs> I don't know why she is getting a vintage bed here. Now, and it's not the frame. I can understand kind of yes. being like, I need a twin bed frame, and I don't want to buy IKEA. I want to buy you know something else. But like, babe, you were a corporate lawyer for many years. You're not that broke and and steve has the bar scout that's my bar and like there's not <laughs> you, you two can't be n- neither of you are poor you know so just get a bed from casper you can get a mattress yeah but yeah even if this were this is like a temporary situation especially it's like get a like a pull out couch kind of thing or like mm-hmm. a futon you know what i mean like it exactly. just feels very weird to me it's just like this is just buy a new thing would be easier than this. It Especially also, like, yeah, bed bugs or whatever. It's like, don't, you don't need yeah, to do this. It, it, it's an insane move. Um, very, so we very the, weird. We go to the testing, which um, for Che Passa, well, where before che the is, testing, uh-huh, yes, before the testing is the, is the conclusion to the, the rock modeling. You're right. Um, sorry. Story I got out of order. It's quite all right. So uh, uh, Charlotte is with rock. Um, going, uh, which is, this is not a scam. This is a real Ralph Lauren thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they mentioned earlier, right. That it was like, oh, we, we had a zoom meeting with people. So it mm-hmm. definitely felt like it quickly was like revealed not to be a scam, but then right. Harry's still like dubious of this. Yes. So I, 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 I just don't get why he's so upset about this here. I don't but, know that he's upset. I think Harry is using his lawyer brain. And is like, I'm going to protect my kid and make sure that nothing happens because I've heard horror stories. And so I feel like it's coming from a protective fatherly space and not necessarily a I'm mad at you space. Um, yeah, I, I get that. But there's a lot of like one Charlotte was a former model, which we yeah she discusses at length here. So it's like I can navigate this world. I understand this world. So it feels like you have that buffer there. 
So it's like it's like they're uh, rocks not going to get like kidnapped here in this situation. Right. Also, in terms of being exploited, it feels like one, you're a lawyer and you are connected with people who represent models. I'm sure it would be very easy for you to get this all figured out or like contract negotiations. So you're not going to get exploited there. And also your wife knows this world. And even if she wasn't a formal model is connected with people who are like in the industry. Yeah, exactly. It just feels like, like there's nothing to be concerned about here, but he is so concerned. He shows up as the Americans character wearing the wig that he wore yeah, and trying to essentially um, catch people in the act by being like, is any yes. pervert stuff going to happen? And everybody's like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, this this is so weird to me. One, why are you showing up in character? No one knows who you are here. You know what I mean? Right. You don't need to wear a, a, a fake wig. Right, apart <laughs> from trying to, to fool your wife who knows that wig am, and bought immediately you rec- Your wife would immediately recognize you and also... Uh, as Charlotte says, like, if Rock sees you here, they'll be pissed. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, they'll be super embarrassed. So it's yeah. like everyone who could make you here uh, will make you regardless. So there's like no need to do this. And he acts so weird and such like an obvious narc. Yes. You know what I mean? And like it's, using slang. It's, and it's very, just how like, do you do, fellow kids? Um, yeah. It just is like so bizarre that he would do this. Like, and, and if you were so relents. concerned, come to the shoot. Like, I'm, you know, it's yeah, like, just hey, show up rock. as a dad rather than yeah, showing it's up. Like, just I'm, be like, I'm, I'm coming I'm, too. Yeah, I'm their dad. I'd like to come too. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it felt like the scene, what it needed was like, oh, he's embarrassing as Rock's dad. You know what I mean? Just being like, yeah, oh, I'm going to be like. I, I wanted there to be a moment at the end where Rock does see them. He's like, why are but you there wasn't. here? Yeah. And then he like accidentally gets on. It's like a trampoline shoot, and he like gets on the trampoline and starts like yeah, or he like, like backs up and like knocks over a lighting rig, right. or like pr- knocks over the computer that like right. had all the files. It's like ugh, but it's like no, he just shows up. Charlotte's like get out of here, and then he leaves. Yeah, um, and that's that. Yeah, uh, and just like that. <laughs> um, then we're at Chase pilot testing. Yes. Um, everybody loves. In the focus group, Tony Danza. We Don't love we Chase's all? dad. Don't we all? Everybody yes. loves Tony Danza. Everybody loves Tony, is what Chase says. And uh, then a, a certain uh, focus group tester. Um, I know we've said on uh, uh, in the past that Bobby Lee is a friend of the show, even mm-hmm. though neither of us know Bobby Lee in, in person. We just no. spiritually but we do know this person in person. Yes, this focus group tester is a legitimate friend of the show. Yes. Uh, Connor Shin. Very excited to see Connor on my screen. Very excited to see them here. Speaking uh, truths. Dropping truth yes. bombs. Snap Eviscerates those fingers, people. Yes. Che. Just yes. absolutely destroys Che. Uh, uh, calls Che inauthentic. Uh, just like a, a just a complete poser. This is so false to the non-binary experience. Mm-hmm. Just basically, which I thought was so interesting, Nadia. This is like... Both textual and metatextual. It is yes. like uh, Connor is telling <laughs> Che the character and also Che the, and just like that, character mm-hmm. that it's like, you fucking suck and you yes. are a fraud and fake and you are not a real person. <laughs> you yes. are like unlikable, unlovable, just a complete disaster. Yeah. It's, 
What what an interesting scene. <laughs> I I loved every second of it. I thought it was well overdue and sometimes I think in life you need somebody from the outside who doesn't know you, who has no ties to you, doesn't know your past or your present or your hopes for the future to come and tell you like it fucking is. And Connor yeah. does that beautifully there, where even though, yeah. yes, and, and an extra meta layer of Connor being non-binary in real life makes it so that it is this person calling mm-hmm. out this other person for their bullshit. Uh, it's just fucking delightful. Yeah. And look, Connor, great performance. Really yes. did a good job with yes, this. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I thought was very funny. Uh, a very kind of, you know, like quiet delivery. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of just like, I'm just going to brutally <laughs> lay down yes, what I think about yeah. this person. Yeah, they I'm going suck. to destroy you with my words. It was fantastic. Yeah. Great, great fucking job, Connor. Yeah, really, really funny. Uh, really, really made me laugh. <laughs> they, they go back and Che is definitely like not in the mood, is having a think Miranda kind of goes into mom cheerleading mode and kind of yeah, goes like we'll just off make about- another show. You know yes, what I mean? The kind of thing felt, that's like, oh yeah, you don't understand show business. I, I wrote, just make another wrote, pilot. It's like no. <laughs> I wrote this is our families and the O and F of mm-hmm. our families is capitalized. Meaning, yeah, if you are somebody that works in an industry that is um, competitive or not the norm. Uh, from a lot of folks, you end up getting a lot of people offering you unsolicited advice, um, yes. particularly your parents or other loved ones who maybe just don't get how it works. It's almost like if I were to go to a doctor and just say, like, we'll go to another hospital <laughs> yeah. if you don't like this one. Like, it just yeah. doesn't make, like, this on the like, one hand, it makes sense. Why don't you just but- hand Lorne Michaels your scripts? Yeah. It's yeah. Like- there's <laughs> No. Why don't you just go be a paralegal and work your way up the law firm? Like, that's not, you know, these are things that don't work. So Miranda's saying all this stuff. Um, Miranda's also going off about, she thinks TV is just like corporate law, which, okay, sure. Um, yeah, but, specifically on ABC, right? That ABC yeah, sucks. Yeah, ABC, ABC can eat shit and die. Yeah. <laughs> it, 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 so on the one hand, I understand Miranda's being protective and is... Uh, can see how hurt her partner is on the other hand it's not super helpful and chase like i gotta be alone for a few days like please go yes um, and, and and we learn also that yeah. che sort of can't afford this apartment and was counting on that tv money which is such which a is dumb... like listen here's the thing dumb, if i ever dumb, hit dumb. a level of of fuck you money and notoriety that uh allows me both the gumption and delusion to be like here are the <laughs> here are some rules for those up and coming. One of the rules on the list would be never spend the check until the check has hit your banking account and then even yes. then wait five days. Yes. Do not spend the check before you get the check. Yeah. It is it's very never easy a to go do. until the check is cashed. Like it doesn't matter what they say, it's gonna get picked up yeah. for sure. Doesn't doesn't matter. The network doesn't matter. Loves it. Wait it doesn't matter. for the check. Because not only that, but like... Until you get a check, it's not real. Sorry. Um, yeah, exactly. And uh, as we record this, SAG has just gone on strike. And there are so many horror stories coming out of the woodworks about folks who, you know, for example, worked a show. And it took them six months to get paid, nine months to get paid. Like, there are mm-hmm. so many stories To get stories underpaid. Like to yeah, get severely to, yeah, underpaid. To get, or to get no payment when they were supposed yes. to get payment. Oh, just awful stuff. So... To this, I'm like, it just further proves how Shay uh, doesn't know what they're doing, and Miranda doesn't know what they're doing for just being a, with this person. 
just a complete mess of a person at 46 yeah. years old. Comedic disaster. Um, just a, yeah. Meanwhile, Oof. we cut back to Seema really quickly. She's back with Jin Guy. Um, this mm-hmm. guy was uh, trying to push Jin earlier. Um, she he she doesn't get off, so she pulls out a golden vibrator, which I was like, oh, very Seema, and starts to finish herself, and he can't deal with that, which I found so odd, and I guess was just pointing out the hypocrisy. I want to talk about this scene, because this is what's weird to me. It's specifically mentioned when Seema's talking to Kiri that yeah. she's seeing this guy again because she was like, Outside of the ED thing, it was pretty good. They had pretty. She's like great foreplay, right? Um, specifically says like it was B plus sex, and she mentions with most guys, I don't get off, and I have to, you know, finish myself like with a vibrator. But with this guy, I didn't. Yeah, like she says that, and then it was, so it was very weird to me to then cut to them doing it again, and then she had to. Yeah. Um, not that obviously, like in real life, every sexual encounter can be different. Whatever. But the the fact that if you know we're reading this as a show, it feels like we're telling the audience that like the only flaw, quote unquote, this guy has is that he has ED and he has to use this penis pump. Right. You which know? To, which to me feels you know a little shitty. A little yeah. Shitty. But so it was weird to me then that it was like oh that the sex wasn't satisfying to her unless right. we were trying to say and I think maybe then we needed a little bit that it was good and then she saw the penis pump and then that like made her unable to climax, you know? Yeah. Like, it needed, like, that. Yeah. Um, and then but- that wraps up, and we and we conclude our episode with Carrie trying to attempt it with the tech bro one more time. Seems like things are going somewhere, and the business partner interrupts yet again, and it becomes very- FaceTiming. Again, yes. why FaceTiming? Why no accept idea. the FaceTime when you're in, in bed with someone? No idea. And so- uh, it's clear that George is already married and his business partner basically goes off on him as if, you know, the allegory being that this is his wife and he doesn't do anything like he used to and blah, 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 and da, 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 da. So, like, Carrie, honestly, slinks smartly, off. slinks off. And yeah. it's just like, nope, and says, and just like that, George and I were over, but I got back on the bike. A couple things in this scene. Um, weird that they were FaceTiming. Also, I didn't understand he said, like, I don't physically have the deck. And then George was like, okay, I'll get my assistant to send it over. It's like, it's digital. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like I'll email it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, okay, yeah. he to forgot to send it. To the deck felt odd. Yeah. Why are we, phys- is there a physical component here? It just is very, that was weird to me. Um, it was also weird to me. Carrie's like, oh my God, this guy's like your wife. This just, if I can put my writer's cap on, was not set up correctly to for her to arrive at this situation. Yeah. Right. Or to arrive at this understanding of uh, uh, if we're going to have a storyline of like this guy is in a relationship with his business partner. I think what it needed was Carrie to be dating this guy. Yes. And then slowly throughout the episode compete with him. Yes. To fill that like girlfriend slash wife slash romantic partner role. Yes. Like this guy, like she needed to go pick up his dry cleaning. I was like, that's not there. And it's like, oh, the business partner already did it. Like yeah. they both come over to bring soup for this guy, like to mend him, you know, back to health. And it's like, oh, we both arrived with the same thing. You know what I mean? Carrie's like, why don't you come out with me Friday night? He's like, oh, every Friday night I go out with my business partner and we talk business. And she's like, on a Friday? You know what I mean? It needed like little bits of this guy acting, quote unquote, wifey. I agree. 
You know I what I mean? Agree. Like yes, and, and it there needed were hints Carrie... of that. I wanted it to be pushed further. Yes, it, and it needed uh, Carrie having a scene with the girls, being like, "I think this guy's like his wife." You know what yeah. I mean? Like, or like she's like, "It's tough. Like the relationship's good, but I don't like this business partner." And then a you know a Samantha yeah. or a Seema needs to be like, "He's." He's got a wife. And it's just like, no, he's not married. It's like his business partner's the wife. You know what I mean? Like, and then Carrie had to be like, no, 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 that's not true. It's just business. And at the end comes to this revelation. You know what I mean? So what do you think are going to be the predictions going into next episode? Especially as ever- we now have the singles and the couples. It also is weird to me, this last line, before we get into predictions, <laughs> what does this last line mean? I got because- on the bike? But that also struck me as odd because she's gotten on the bike already. Yes, exactly. It's just like this wasn't like this is the first guy she's been with after big, right? right. Which is what it implies. Like, I'm back on the bike. I'm dating. Or it's like, yeah. you know, this was bad, but at least I did it. Right. Because, you no, know, you were dating the your podcast boss. Yeah. So it's like that was the getting back on the bike. This is just I did it a second time. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, which is less of a, a moment. You know what I mean? It doesn't. Things happen and then we die, Matt. Things happen and then we die. <laughs> it's just it's like I it's like so much I like I just don't understand that I have to feel like this show is being deliberately written. It's like it's not like a traditional TV show. You know what no. I mean? Like it doesn't have arcs like a TV show. It is just a series of events. Yeah. Where no one reflects on them. They just barrel forward. And yeah. it's just like so weird. Um, but fascinating, and what we love about it. So, uh, <laughs> oh, and then, then also Speechless. like the modeling thing, right? It was just like one of the things Charlotte said was like, "Harry, like you'll never be the fun parent again mm-hmm. if Rock catches you here." And it's like, was Harry the fun parent? Like, yeah, that was unclear to, to me. We needed to see Harry with Rock have like a special relationship. Like, if I'm going to put again my writer's room cap on. We needed at like the Halloween event or something. It was like, oh, Harry and Rock did like a couple's costume. Or it's like, mm-hmm. they love the Americans. And Carrie's like, and Charlotte's like, I feel left out. You know what I mean? Like, oh, mm-hmm. they're like, they're really close. Harry and Rock are super close. I wish I was close with Rock. And then the modeling comes up. It's like, oh, this is my way to be close with Rock. And then Harry's like, now I feel jealous. You know what I mean? Because like Rock yes. and I were supposed to go skateboarding or something. But yes. now Rock's doing modeling with you. You know what I mean? Like it needed right. So my something. Predi- so then- my prediction is that Harry's going to do something with Lily in the coming episodes that sets off Charlotte. Yeah, they're going to record it. Yeah, Harry's going to bust out like a tambourine or something. <laughs> and Lily's going to be into it. Um, but Charlotte's going to be like, no, you're just encouraging this weird path for her daughter. I think. Yeah, it's going to be like, Kit- no, dad, you're like Dennis Wilson. And he's like, yeah. oh my God. I you think Harry, Seema, and Naya are going to go on a, th- a triple date. Ooh. But like a, a a like a weirdly blind setup with triplets. So you think with different guys or the same guy? Like oh my god, we're all dating the Ooh, same guy. Oh, same guy. And it's like same hold guy. on, hear me. Same guy, and it's like a play on West Elm Caleb kind <laughs> of thing. Yes, which is something that so, I talked about earlier. Yeah, they uh, do in my like that season prediction. Yes, I would love that. They do. Um, yeah, they do. Sort of like oh my god, we're all dating the same guy, and it's like oh my god, he's doing the same move. He's doing the same like. You know, like this, yeah. the, we went to the same location. You know what I mean? Like, and I predict that uh, my last prediction is going to be Miranda and Che do some sexual things in Miranda's new pad. But then Che reveals that their apartment is gone. And so they're like, can I just stay here? 
And Naya's like, oh. no? <laughs> what? Okay. Huh? Okay. I got an idea. I think Che <laughs> is going to become friends with Steve. Oh, my God. And they're going to get close. And Miranda's going to be like, this really annoys me. Yes. And it's like her life is like perfect in a way of like my ex and my my current partner. Mm-hmm. Our friends, and that feels like, oh, they're getting along. This is fine. It's just like, and Steve's like, hey, Che, ah, man, your show was so funny. Miranda showed me, you know, it's like, I think it's like, Che's hilarious. It's like, ah, you know, it's like, and Che's like, do you want to come see my stand up show? And and, oh, I'd love to. Hey, you should do a set at Scout, my bar. (laughs) Yeah. And then comedy night at Scout begins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, this is actually, and Chase's like, this is a really cool space. And he's like, whoa, I can do like, we can do like a comedy night here. It's like, that'll really bring in people. And like, everything's going great. But Miranda's like, I'm being iced out. Yeah. And I don't like this Stephen Che bromance, uh, you know, yeah. kind of thing. This Cheevan. Yeah. <laughs> Cheeve. It's Cheeve. Yeah, hey, it's Cheeve. She's peeved that it's Cheeve. <laughs> See, that would be great. And then it's like, oh, then we have a scene where it's like all the girls hanging out. And it's like, mm-hmm. she's peeved that it's Chief. It's like, it's not Chief. That's not a thing. And it's like, it sounds like Chief's a thing. Yeah, yeah. Sounds like that. Yeah. And it's like, uh, I don't understand, Miranda. You should be happy. They're getting along. Brady likes Che. Everything's great. And it's like, no, but I want. And it's like, kind of you reveal that it's like Miranda wanted a little bit of discord because it's like Che represented a, a break from her past. Mm-hmm. And the fact that Che can easily integrate with her life. Is fucking infuriating. <laughs> That's a great storyline. That's really cool. And it's like, <laughs> Jay's having a great time, like doing stand up at Steve's bar. Steve's loving it. And then Steve's like becomes part of the comedian world. You know what I yes, mean? Yes. Yes. Or he's like a little booker now. And so, yeah. but it like, and, and it's like, no, you can't be cool. And he's I like, found using this all guy the lingo. at the magnet. <laughs> is that still going? Yeah, she's like, what? Why do I uh, and like yeah? Steve knows all the things. It's like what Chase? Uh, Chase just in development on another project, and it's just like you. How'd you know that? And it's like yeah, Chase told me. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm I'm part. I'm yeah. I'm gonna help uh, produce uh, Chase's latest. Uh, Chase doing a short film. The marvelous, mm, uh, the marvelous <laughs> Cheeves. Oh uh, wait, uh, okay. So that's another. Pre- I think Che's next project will be like a marvelous Miss Maisel type thing, right? Yeah. They'll be like marvelous Miss Maisel hit. What can can we do that with Che? Right? right. So it'll be like a period piece. Yeah. I'm trying to think. When's a when's a good time? When can we set this? Maybe like the 70s. Seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 70s, 80s. Oh, the, like the 80s stand-up boom, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, Che, you che can- against like, a brick wall, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be like, uh, like you know, uh, Jerry Seinfeld kind of thing. Uh, yes, you can wear exactly. Like those, like, and it'll be greedy, and it'll tops. be the exact opposite, and it'll get pulled before and a tax write-off will happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And Steve's like producing it. <laughs> Steve's like an EP. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a producer now. Miranda. <laughs> Is it okay if Brady eats the catering on the set? <laughs> Brady went through all the crafty. <laughs> this kid eats like a racehorse. There's no more goldfish crackers. <laughs> and we'll shoot everything at Scout, my bar. <laughs> Scout, that's my bar. Uh, <laughs> so until next week. <laughs> oh, my God. Wishing you this a very show. spooky 
uh, early, early, early Halloween. Yeah, an extremely early Halloween. We are wishing you a very spooky, ooky, kooky <laughs> Halloween. Uh, may all your couples' costumes get recognized. Yes, yes, and may <laughs> and may everyone know that when you're wearing your own clothes from your closet, that it looks different enough that they're like, "Hey, that is a costume." Yes, and may George Washington uh, have sex with you, dressed up as George Washington. <laughs> And may he remember that you don't like it when he touches your hair. Ah! <laughs> Boy!